For today's episode of Cultivating Calmness, we're going to be talking about being able to guide children through the shadows of grief. What I mean by that is uh, I want to be able to help you through in a more general form in understanding children's grief and kind of their age ranges and how that grief affects them, as well as being able to help parents care and caregivers to help children through the grieving process with some strategies and just basic understanding of their needs. Um, and I hope you can join me today for a little bit of that. All right, so um, grief is something that everyone will probably experience at some point in their life. Some of you have probably already experienced grief in many forms. And you know, grief is something that, um, you know, as I said, everyone is going to go through and we experience that in not just the loss or the death of somebody that we know or care about, but also in many different factors uh, in aspects in our life, you know, uh, going through a divorce, changing schools, moving homes, losing a friendship. None of those involve the death of somebody, but um, do involve the loss of something. So in future episodes, we will talk a little bit more about those types of losses, but today I want to focus on children. How do we help children who are grieving the loss or the death of somebody in their life? Um, and we're going to talk about death specifically, although some of those other losses that I already uh, previously mentioned are losses that they will experience as well and, and may need support through. But today uh, we're just going to focus on um, death. So when we talk about death with children, it's important to recognize that they are experiencing that loss. They're just experiencing it in a different way. What do I mean by that? Uh, well, children are going to look to us as the adults to know how to grieve. Um, so if we're trying to hide our emotions from them, if we're trying to keep it private and uh, do it behind closed doors and whenever they walk in the room, we wipe off the tears and we put a smile on our face, they're not learning how to grieve that loss as well. So for the purposes of this uh, episode, I'm just going to reference uh, a child, say, losing their mom. Um, so that was my experience, and I'm just going to use that as a general example. Uh, but there are obviously all kinds of losses that children can experience. Parents, siblings, grandparents, friends, aunts and uncles, etc. Um, and any one of those could be very close family members or people in their lives or distant um, people in their lives, and they will grieve those in many different ways. So uh, from here on out, we'll just um, reference a child losing, say, their mom or their parent. So if you are the, the remaining parent in their lives and you are trying to hide your grief, they're not seeing what that should look like. And therefore, right, they don't know how to act, you know, and we can make, you know, they start to make assumptions, you know, um, like if my dad's not grieving and he's not crying, um, or if I see him crying only sometimes, maybe I think I need to be strong for my dad. So I'm not going to cry either because my dad's upset and I don't want to make him any more upset than he already is and therefore I'm going to keep my grief at bay or try to to help you as the adult and we don't want that for our children we want them to be able to uh, experience grief and express their feelings in a healthy way and we want to help them to do that so one of the things that you can do is to show them how to grieve let your tears come let them know that you don't know how you feel sometimes. Let them know that maybe you don't know the answers. 
um, when they ask questions because they will. Children will ask questions and they might ask the same question over and over and over again. Um, and yes, that might be difficult for us as adults and it's gonna be difficult for them to not know where their loved one is and not fully be able to comprehend or understand why they're gone. So answering their questions as best as you can and in an age appropriate way will be really helpful for them. So in the example of like, let's say a tragic car accident, you're going to tell a three-year-old something very different than you may tell a 16-year-old. Um, so it's okay to tell them that, that their mom died in a car accident, but you may not need to give all the extenuating details and circumstances right there at those certain ages. And those may be details that come out as they get older, for example. Um, and so I'm, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but to back it up a little bit, obviously children um, develop as they go. Uh, so younger children, you know, infants to two are going to have a much different reaction to the death of a loved one than say a 16 year old. So when we think about death and that finality, you know, when somebody dies, we as adults, we understand that that is final. They are dead, they are gone, they're never coming back. Uh, a child, up until about age 10, give or take, uh, every child is different as we know, but developmentally around age 10, and usually a little later is when they really truly understand that death is final. Um, and so think about that, you know, when you have younger children, fifth grade and younger, um, they're still questioning whether maybe their loved one might come back or could be. Uh, I've definitely talked with adults and caregivers who feel that their children definitely understand that their mom is gone, you know, at the age of five. Maybe they do, um, but usually there's some questions involved or there's some um, magical thinking is what we might call it in those younger years. Magical thinking tends to come in around, you know, four to seven and on. And magical thinking means, uh, you know, they start to connect um, things like it's my fault um, or connect things that are unrelated to the death that may be their fault. So for example, um, my daddy brought me chocolate chip cookies that day and then my mom died. And therefore now I think that eating chocolate chip cookies uh, is the reason that my mom died. So I don't wanna eat chocolate chip cookies anymore because what if I kill people by eating chocolate chip cookies? You see how that doesn't make any sense? Children don't realize that that doesn't make any sense. Um, in their minds, they connect those things um, and they connect reasons that we don't quite understand to being like their fault or the reason why somebody died. Um, so this is why it's important to explain to them, you know, and being honest and providing accurate information to children as to how or why their loved one has died. If it's an illness, explaining that illness to them again in language that they will understand. Um, if it's imagery or books, um, a lot of hospitals say if, if your loved one, if mom is dying of cancer, have information for children on cancer and what cancer is doing and usually have them in age appropriate ways so you can explain this to children or they have child life specialists that can talk to children about what is going on um, with their caregiver or with the person that they love so it's um, you can use those resources as well um, when let's say it's a child uh, an infant uh, a baby you know two years and younger 
the way that they're going to understand that their loved one is not there is that they're not going to see them or feel them anymore. So we'll use mom as an example. We know that moms are very close to infants um, because they tend to be the main caregiver. I know not always. Um, and that may include, right, like breastfeeding, bottle feeding, especially in, you know, younger months uh, up to a year. Uh, and so if they have that close connection with an infant and then suddenly they're not there anymore to provide that, that child is going to miss them in ways that we may not understand. And that's going to come out in their body language, in their um, emotional expression. And so you might see more irritability, more crying, changes in their behaviors, in um, like uh, diaper changes, bedwetting, in their appetite. You know, they may refuse to eat, not want to eat because they miss that person and they can't tell you that they miss that person because they don't know how to tell you. Um, and if they're speaking, they may be able to say that person's name, but are they really able to express why or what's going on? So, so thinking about, you know, grief in young children, they do experience grief and loss. It just is not going to look the same as that 16 year old, that 10 year old, even that five year old, because they're going to be able to verbalize at least a little bit about how they're feeling. Um, as children start to get older, they start to get into that um, like peer pressure and self-esteem is they're gonna look to their peers and they're gonna start to feel othered. You know, oh, like nobody else that I know doesn't have a mom anymore um, or has had somebody in my family die. And so I can't really talk to them about that. What do they know about it? And those jokes that, that uh, kids tend to make. Um, I know when I was younger, it was like, your mom. Um, and when I up to like high school, even in high school, uh, I would react to your mom jokes. I did not like your mom jokes. Now, <laughs> um, they don't bother me, but they did um, through high school and, um, they would make me cry. Um, and when people learned, you know, that that affected me and that bothered me, they wouldn't make those jokes. Um, but I also learned how to cope with those things and be okay with it and understand. Um, but that took time. So you, anything can trigger a child as far as a memory from a loved one when they're, uh, when someone has died. So understanding that they're going to grieve and they're going to experience that loss in very different ways. Mostly we're going to see those changes in their behavior and in their emotional state. Um, and it, for those of you who are experiencing this or going through this right now, you may notice that some children, you know, a, it's a spectrum. So some children may express nothing and other children may express everything and anywhere in between. So for children who aren't expressing anything, you know, thinking about why that is. Are they trying to protect somebody else like you? Are they trying to uh, be more like the person who's died if it's their mom, right? Maybe they're trying to do the things that mom would do, uh, take on certain responsibilities, help out with the other children, um, you know, be a support for you, dad, is an example, um, because, for many reasons, or maybe it just makes them feel closer to that person to be more like them. Uh, and we want to encourage them to not do those things because that's not their responsibility. Um, and having those conversations will help them with that. Um, when we're not addressing those things with them, although uncomfortable, uh, it, it can lead to those traits and behaviors carrying on throughout life in many different ways. And we don't want to see that responsibility being put on children who don't need that. Um, that's us as the adult, even though it's hard for us too to grieve that same loss, we want to encourage our children to be able to express their feelings and their emotions. 
um, and not carry that burden and feel like they have to take care of us. Uh, so I hope that that kind of clears a little bit up for you. Um, some other quick things that I want to mention when we're talking about children who are grieving is um, what we should and should not say, um, or especially when talking about death. So the words that we use are important. So when we're talking about um, somebody who has died, we do not want to use things like they're gone. Really? They're gone? Where? Where'd they go? Are they coming back? they're lost, um, like we've lost to them. Um, again, as adults, we understand what these things mean as children, they will take them literally. So they're lost. Well, I hope they come back. Are we going to find them? What if you get lost, dad? What happens if I get lost? If I get lost, am I going to die too? Um, and, and probably a lot of other connections that we aren't able to make because we have learned through the years what those things mean. Um, we don't want to say things like that, you know, they're they're at rest or they're at peace. Um, okay, so they're gone and they're peaceful. What does that mean for me as a child? Um, they're in the clouds. Well, can I go to the clouds? How do I get to the clouds? Are the people in the airplanes that are up in the clouds, are they dead too? Um, they've left us. Well, why did they leave? I want to go. Can I leave too? Are you going to leave? Are you going to leave me every time you go to work and I don't see you? Does that mean you're leaving and you're never coming back? Does that mean that you're dying too? Um, they've passed on, passed away, or they're with God. You know, um, again, we don't, they don't understand what that means to pass on. Um, they're asleep. Ooh, that's a big one. You know, they're asleep is, uh, well, what happens when I go to sleep or you go to sleep, dad, are, are you going to die if you go to sleep? So now I'm afraid to go to sleep. Now I'm afraid for you to go to sleep because if you go to sleep, you're going to leave just like mom did. And I don't know if I want that. Um, they're in our hearts. That's a, you know, a little, maybe a little more fuzzy. You know, we want to explain what that means. You know, they're in our hearts. Um, and deceased, that is a word that, yes, that's a more that's a more accurate one, but we want them to understand what that word deceased means because that's a bigger word. Um, and younger kids definitely are not gonna understand that. So the words we do want to use when we talk about death um, and someone who has died is, is that death. Um, they died and they are dead. Um, that is solid, right? That is, um, that is exactly what has happened. Um, it's final and we need them to understand that. And so you can help them to understand that by also being real with them. So a person who was alive, right? They have a heartbeat. So you may show them like, how do you feel your heartbeat, right? Hands on your chest. Um, you may have them feel your heartbeat um, and, and feel that or put their ear on it, right? That's what a heartbeat sounds like. And your mommy doesn't have that anymore. When we breathe, your mommy cannot breathe anymore. Her hair is not gonna grow anymore, just like yours. Her nails aren't gonna grow. Um, any real life situation that you know you experience because you are living, those are the things you can use to help explain to a child that somebody is dead and that those that's what makes them different. Somebody who's alive still has all of those things. Somebody who's dead does not. Um, so we've already kind of talked about some of the other things that you can and should do with somebody who has died, but just being truthful, um, explaining what's going to happen. So when it comes to like death rituals, such as funerals, explaining that process to them ahead of time and don't surprise them and have them show up with a bunch of people and 
you know, their body in a casket and not explaining what that means to them. Walking them through the steps, telling them step by step what's going to happen. And you may have to do that over and over and over again. Um, and that's okay. Um, being able to show your emotions, um, just preparing them for next steps, whatever that may mean. Uh, those are all things that will be helpful for children to understand grief and, and death. So, um, yeah, we could talk about this forever. Um, and I would love to share more. I have a couple of examples that I would like to share with you. And, um, oh, some things to remember, um, maybe as, uh, and again, this will be addressed in, in future episodes, but thinking about ways to remember your loved ones with your children. So doing activities with them, sharing in, um, holidays. So you, every, every, all those dates, the dates that they died, their birthday, holidays, Mother's Day, Father's Day, um, remembering that person on those days. Um, and for you as well, that will be helpful. Having a place at the dinner table for them um, can be a special way to remember that person, talking about them, saying their name, having them use art because kids have a more difficult time in expressing themselves. Using art um, and drawing and creating can be a good way for them to express themselves in the way that they're feeling and how they remember their loved one. Um, if you use a funeral home or anything um, you know, like that, oftentimes nowadays they will take you know, fingerprints. Um, they may take hair clippings. They may do things like that to remember a loved one. So you can get those for your loved one and you can use those things for numerous types of projects on your own or through other creators. Um, you know, like thumbprint necklaces or tattoos when you're older. Um, you know, uh, some kind of art with those types of things, handwriting that you can turn into some kind of memory. Um, you know, creating lockets, um, anything like that to help your children feel connected to their loved one that they no longer have anymore. So um, again, that's a whole nother podcast. We can talk about other ways, but I just wanted to give you a little bit of uh, support and ways that you can promote and support your children in remembering a loved one who's died. Um, so a couple of things I wanted to share that uh, when I was coming up with this uh, topic today were some scenes from some movies that uh, I remembered that talk about death and show death in a good way. So one of them is uh, Patch Adams. So I don't know if you've heard of Patch Adams, but that's one of my favorites uh, with Robin Williams. And there's a scene in there where Robin Williams uh, is trying to connect with a dying patient. So that's that anticipatory uh, death and loss and grief. And he dresses up like an angel, walks in with a book and starts reading from it all these um, euphemisms for death. And so I'm going to read that to you and I don't have it memorized. So I'm um, going to read it to you what exactly is said. And the only parts in here are the first two. Um, and those would be the best ones to use with children. Um, but just to show you how you can use humor um, with death. Um, and this is one way that they did it. And so again, Patch Adams is talking to a patient who is just very angry and hasn't been able to get him to come out of his shell and open up. And he does it with this scene. So he opens up this book and he says, death, to die, to expire, to pass on, to perish, to peg out, to push up daisies, to push up posies, to become extinct, curtains, deceased, demise, departed and defunct, dead as a doornail, dead as a herring, dead as mutton, 
dead as nits, the last breath, paying a debt to nature, the big sleep, God's way of saying, slow down. And, the other, and there's some back and forth and they each then start to come up with ways to talk about death. And so they go to check out, to shuffle off this mortal coil, to head for the happy hunting ground, to blink for an exceptionally long period of time, to find oneself without breath, to be the incredible decaying man, worm buffet, kick the bucket, buy the farm, take a cab, cash in your chips, and if we bury your ass up, I've got a place to park my bike. And then he finally laughs. And that's how the scene ends. Um, so I really like that scene. Um, it kind of makes light of death um, and helps this, in this particular case, this adult cope with his future loss, uh, his future death and, and leaving behind his family. So that's another perspective of death that we don't maybe necessarily think about when we are grieving. Um, and the other one I want to share with you, I actually just watched to remind myself of it and um, it brought tears to my eyes, but I want to share it with you. So this is a good example of how children grieve. So the movie My Girl, I believe it's from 1991 and it, the, the scene is mostly Veda, the main character. She's an 11 year old and um, her best friend, Thomas J, who was played by Macaulay Culkin. Veda was played by Anna Klumsky, Klumsky, I'm probably butchering that name. Um, and it's about like an eight or nine minute scene and you can find it on YouTube or you can go watch the movie. But um, Veda grows up in a funeral home. Her dad's a funeral director. Her mom died during childbirth, I believe. And uh, she has this best friend, Thomas J. And it starts the scene by them having, I forget what they were doing. Uh, they were having a day and he like asked her if he would, if she would remember him at some point for something. And um, then they go off in their different directions. She goes home. He goes back into the forest and I forget why, but um, he comes across a beehive and he uh, gets stung and he dies. And um, it shows her dad coming upstairs to talk to her and tell her, the funeral director, who's going to then take care of um, Thomas J and uh, host his funeral, um, that he has died. And it kind of walks through those steps very quickly of her trying to process and understand that her best friend in the whole world has died. Um, and so it shows her like running away and running to the doctor's office down the street and opening the door and saying, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. And it hurts, it hurts, it hurts. The bees hurt, it stings. And so she's expressing, you know, how that pain that her friend must have felt and she's kind of taking on some of that pain herself. And then it moves on to show her um, kind of hanging out at the funeral and watching from afar and getting herself closer and closer and closer and you know everybody's there at the funeral and she walks up to him in the casket and she sees some bee stings on his face and he's not wearing his glasses and she talks about oh his face hurts his face hurts and he can't see without his glasses where are his glasses um, and you just being in that moment and witnessing her as a child expressing that grief and that loss and witnessing that and and her trying to express you know what he must be feeling and, and how much she loved him and cared for him and 
then again, at the very end, you know, shows her trying to go to talk to somebody and he starts to talk about him and she's like, la, 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 I don't want to talk about it because she doesn't want to hear about it. It's just too much. She doesn't want to talk about it. And sometimes your kids aren't going to want to talk about it either. And that's okay. Um, we can encourage them to talk or share in, in different ways other than talking. Um, or finding the right time to talk, using books to help explain and talk about their feelings and death. And I have lots of examples of those. I have, I do Therapy Book Thursdays and you can um, join me on Therapy Book Thursdays and I do go through some grief books and there are many on my, um, on my social media where I've read some great grief books that you can read with your children too. So um, check those out. Um, there's a couple of you the YouTube videos are out there with those, or you can find the videos yourself and watch them. Um, but I encourage you to uh, check those out and uh, think about how children grieve. And um, I can provide some other resources for those as well. And keep a lookout in the future for um, future topics where we can go more in depth on all of these things I talked about today. And um, we can learn more together. Thank you for listening. And I hope you can join me next time.